Hello and welcome to Mining Stock Daily with me, Paul Harris. Today we're talking about gold exploration in Canada, and I'm joined by Matthew Horner, President and CEO of Maple Gold. Good afternoon, Matthew. Good afternoon, Paul. Nice to be here. Yeah. Thank you for having me. You're more than welcome. Bit of a crazy time for junior gold explorers. Um, you're exploring the Douai <coughs> Jutel project in Quebec. You've got a joint venture partner in the shape of Agnico Eagle Mines. You're in a, a pretty good position when all said and done, um, which given the sort of crazy sort of market situation we're in, it's uh, a good place to be, I imagine. Yes, I think relatively speaking, we're feeling pretty good, even though the share prices have been um, br brutalized across the boards, indiscriminate selling um, for many, many reasons, which you can talk about if you'd like. Uh, from the macro perspective, I think relatively speaking, we're, doing, we're, in, we're in a great place. Okay. I do want to get into that in a moment, but uh, first I'd like to sort of dig into the sort of project a little bit more. Um, earlier this year in May, you announced that you're increasing your exploration budget this year, putting in an additional 4.8 million Canadian dollars. Uh, it's obviously very good to be in that position uh, to be able to increase your exploration spend. Going back a little bit further in March, you put out a resource estimate with, uh, let's say, 500,000 ounces of indicated resources and 2.5 million ounces of inferred resources. So with the increased exploration budget, what's the plan there? What do you aim to achieve with that? Well, it's always been a part of the second prong of our exploration uh, strategy to look for discovery, outsized return kind of um, targets in and around and under our existing resource area. So you just mentioned the 3 million plus ounces we have in the relatively shallow uh, uh, part of our two-way package. That's about three, 350 meters, which is very shallow, especially in the Abitibi. And what we're doing, the first prong is to increase the category of those ounces and expand those ounces that are relatively shallow. That's prong one. The second prong is, the, is to look outside of that resource area, which includes looking under it. And what's never happened at Douai, Paul, as, as I'm sure you're aware, is to go deep, deep to look for the source rock, the plumbing of what is represented near surface. So by, by um, to give you a kind of a con some more context here, Canadian Malarctic is successfully mining and it's the largest gold mine in Canada at 2000 meters. <clears throat> they just found the extension of with East Goldie, which is another 6 million ounces at a high grade and around those depths. No one has ever looked beneath what is the, the existing shallow ounces of uh, Douai. And with uh, the shared vision we have with Agnico Eagle, we're doing just that. The increased budget is to, to find four or five 2,000 meter holes underneath based on the geologic confidence we have with the higher grade at the below the, the, the bottom of the conceptual pits we have at Douai. We found some interesting charging to, to go below that. Some of that area, some of the, the, the geology down there is um, sediment hosted, similar again to the Malarctic style geology. So that's where we're chasing under the Douai ounces. If you look at, to the Douai or the Jutel project on the Telbell side, that's part of the 50 50 joint venture. Historically, they mined, just, just to remind the audience, the Jutel mine complex mined over 1.1 million ounces over 19 years. Average grades there were 6.5 grams. The cutoffs, Paul, were 6 grams. And what we're going after with three deep holes 
there is under the high graded out uh, section, uh, one section, we have historical intercepts that were never followed up, a very high grade material, 15, 16 meters, 10 meters, in some case, 80 meters of uh, gram rock, which we're going to chase that they never followed up on 1990, after 1993 when they shut it down. So there are some very juicy targets down there that we have to go explore. And if, uh, if any of the multiple uh, targets hit, I think it's going to be what we call a quantum leap game-changing kind of scenario for us and our partners. Excellent. Just to give it a little bit more, more context or, and specifically sort of location for, for the listeners, um, the, the Jewage Hotel, you, you're to the north of the Abitibi district, very famous gold-producing district in Quebec, and you're to the east of the Detour Lake uh, district. That's correct, yeah? That's right. Yeah. Okay. Can we talk a little bit more about the joint venture with Agnico Eagle? Um, I guess, it, you know, people always have different points of view. Um, I guess, you know, I'd like to get your take on what uh, Maple Gold is expecting and wants from the joint venture. Um, and we, we, we can speculate on what Agnico Eagle Mines wants from the joint venture. Uh, presumably, they're looking for you to sort of find much, much more gold, perhaps test improve up some of these deeper resources that you mentioned. Um, so it becomes a perhaps a, a nice juicy takeover target for them. But uh, what's Maple Gold's view of the joint venture? Well, it's wonderful to have in what I would call the bar fight of, uh, of life uh, in the industry that we work in, the, the mining industry, which is always challenging, a big gorilla supporting you. Um, you you walk into this uh, these challenges throughout life, and um, especially in the mining space, which my old boss used to say correctly is not for the intelligent. I mean, it's it's ripe with issues and. And who was your old boss? Yeah, Robert Friedland. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So, but he's right. I mean, it's so difficult. Every every time you turn around, there's a challenge, something else to figure out, some some problem to solve, etc. And you have to set yourself up to the extent you can uh, for success. A lot of those things you can't change. Location is something you can't change. Uh, but things you can control, you want to try to get right. And one thing that I've always done for Robert, and which was my personal mandate here at Maple Gold, was to align ourselves with a very strong, powerful, strategic partner to help us do things that uh, give us a better shot at success in good times and bad times. Um, so our vision with Ignico was to have them help us think about the operational upside for what would be in the future a restart at Jutel, Eagle, Eagle Tailbell Mine Complex, look at the vision of what uh, uh, Douay could become, given that there, there are a lot of similarities with the Canadian Larctic. We share a vision with them there as to what it ultimately could be. And then in 40 years, no one has ever looked below the existing resource package at Douay because no one could ever afford to do that. Uh, no one would ever have the, the guts, if you will, or the ability or the backing to take some of those deeper shots. I mean, it was a very quick conversation with the, the leadership at Agnico and myself when we said, okay, let's do something that's outsized with an outsized uh, return on investment and go something, do something what which may be for many junior companies uh, insane to go deep under the existing resource package not not a kind of a financing model but really a pure discovery model of, of, of exploration 
Um, and you could never do that without Agnico. We could never take 4.8 million ounces and go put uh, 10,000 meters below the resource package. So the vision we have with, us, with them is to give us this horsepower, this uh, turbocharged uh, rocket fuel, if you will, as a, as a backer to help us do a lot of different things that we'd never be able to do on our own. Okay, thank you, Matthew. Now that the joint venture was completed in uh, February last year, so you're about, let's say, 18 months in. Um, as part of that, Agnico is putting in, uh, contributing 18 million Canadian of funding over four years. So that's yeah. the sort of firepower you're talking about there. Not just the cash. And that 18, it's actually 18 and a quarter million dollars over four years. That's the minimum spend that gives us, and Fred, uh, who's the VPX, the ability to plan ahead for four years on the expiration approach and and anything above that we spend 50 50 the cash is very very important but the experience the operational um, knowledge they bring the expiration and operational production experience they have in that region uh, you can't put a price on that it is uh, you know they're very involved we speak to them every week at least once a week talking about targeting, we have a weekly call with them. And their, their ability to give us advantages across the boards. Uh, I mean, the cash is wonderful, but it's really the partnership that we, we share with them, which is really the huge benefit. Okay, so 18 months in now, how's the, the joint, venture, joint venture goals? How are they progressing or how are you progressing on achieving those goals? Well, last year we had some of the best results ever found on the... Um, from expiration. Uh, this year, we've put out some results from uh, Eagle, which were, were quite nice. We're gonna come out the second phase of those um, in the next uh, week or so, week or two. Those That's 100% owned by Maple Gold. Uh, and a lot of the drilling results and assays from Douay, the winter program, astonishingly are not yet back. I mean, it's taking way longer and people are using the COVID excuse well beyond its shelf life, I'm afraid. I think it's progressing incredibly well. I mean, we're, we're finding all sorts of areas that are prospective and are showing us good results. And uh, uh, on a go forward basis, as we go deeper and look for discovery hits below the resource package, I think, I think you know, the results are gonna speak for themselves. I mean, I, 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 I couldn't have scripted it any better than, than it has gone. And I think it'll only get better from here. Okay, thank you. Now, is, I, I, it really resonates what you say about having that sort of, you know, in your words, the, the gorilla to sort of partner with you, having that extra sort of firepower and expertise, particularly in this market, which is incredibly difficult for the junior space. You know, share prices have been sort of, you know, decimated over the you know, past two or three months. A lot of companies have, you know, have worked through their, their, their funds and were naturally coming to a point of time when they need to refinance. It's going to be a horrible market for refinancing at the moment. So having that kind of an insulation, if you like, is, uh, uh, is it, you know, puts you in a, I think, a very strong position. W what are your thoughts on the junior space at the moment? You know, what, what's going on? Well, there's a plethora of opportunities and companies that are almost on their backs or nearly on their backs because they can't raise money, as you correctly point out. Um, they they didn't use cash when they um, in the right way when they should have. They didn't take money when at the right, at the right time when they could have. And 
that presents a lot of opportunities for opportunistic teams like ourselves. So like our, our we run, uh, I run this company with an, I think a pr pretty good balance between the capital markets approach that the, the ex executive team takes and the technical team that I let Fred kind of run with. And you need to have a good balance between the two, I think for a, a mining company have a real shot. I mean, that's something I learned from Robert. He, um, he looks at all the capital markets fundraising and puts the teams together to deal with that while the technical team does does their thing you can't have a geo running a mining company ultimately very successful who's never been a part of a capital raise or doesn't understand how to put strategic partnerships together etc cetera, etc cetera, because you're just going to be always fighting with one hand behind your back you're not really going to get it um, not not you're, you'll miss some opportunities that you should take because you're not looking at the bigger picture conversely if you have a promoter only who's promoting air and there's no technical background or technical team you're not going to get very far either um and and a lot of this um equates to right now as you said we're in a very strong cash position we have 20 million in the till we have more money coming from agnico on the ground we have more money coming in the form of warrants etc so if you add all that up it's like 44 million dollars um 44 more than that actually if you add it all up 34 43 something Ish, 44 million bucks or so um, gives us a great opportunity now to look at undervalued accretive transactions uh, and we are being extremely aggressive uh, and, and looking at all sorts of things this is the time to transact because when things are great no one else no one wants to transact because they think it's because of them that things are so great even though everyone's doing well uh, i'm realistic enough that and I don't take myself that seriously or get or give myself that much credit and know that um, in, in good times, you know, you, you try to, you need to spend money when other people aren't spending money to get results. In fact, this is something we did at the beginning of the, the pandemic. Um, people said, you're nuts to spend the money you have drilling and, and, and instead of putting tools down and shutting the hatches and firing everybody, I said, no, we're going to go for it because we have some incredible targets at the very beginning of the pandemic. It was 2020, uh, February, and everyone said, you're nuts. And luckily, I made the right call. I said, no, we're going to go and drill off. And that caused three bidders to come at us with offers to buy or merge with us. And Agnico is the best of the bunch. I think maybe in that situation, a, a purely geo running the company might have said, okay, we got to you know, shut everything down because we don't have enough money. To, we're not going to survive, and they would have run for the hills, and they would have missed these great opportunities that we 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 created for ourselves. We, we, you make opportunities in life, um, and to your point, Paul, uh, right now there's I can't I, I can't even count how many opportunities we're looking at. Some we're in advanced and detailed discussions on on what to do with a, an M and A kind of story going forward or acquisition, etc. Um, but Time's kind of on my side at the moment. I don't want to be too cute by a half and wait too long and try to time it perfectly. We'll, we'll, we'll pick up some things I think that make sense and everyone's going to see that they're widely accretive. But, uh, you know, sorry for the very long-winded answer to a very short question, but that's really the way I'm thinking about this. Like, it's, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's kind of an amazing time to be in the position that we're in, specifically our company, given the skills we have and experience in, on the capital markets deal making side and in the background we have this exploration engine with uh, with agnico that's churning out results and driving the project forward it's kind of 
a nice alignment of stars. Well, it, it really resonates um, because I think it's definitely a buyer's market out there at the moment. And, um, you know, your, your comments remind me of a conversation I had uh, earlier this week with a, a fund manager. You know, he said, you know, the CEOs of junior companies need to have more of a business development mentality. They can't just be focused on money. They can't just be focused on, on, on the geology. They've got to have that business uh, development mentality of being able to make deals, being able to approach bigger companies and talk their language and make something work. Um, because otherwise, you know, you're going to end up in a position where you can't finance and having to go into cash conservation mode, and then you're you, you, you basically lost. Um, yeah. Now, I'm, I'm, you know, I've got a pry into this. You, you're looking at other targets. Are you looking to stay in Quebec, or are you looking further afield? Initially, it's all Quebec, and and then Canada, and then North America, and then beyond. Nothing's going to be so esoteric or. Um, I know where you're sitting, it's very tropical. That gets to be sometimes a little bit politically challenging. Uh, we enjoy a, uh, a, a Canadian kind of premium and we're aptly named uh, to remind people of that. And I don't wanna lose that. And, and at the moment, there are so many opportunities around us. I mean, the Abitibi has produced, just the Abitibi has produced over 200 million ounces so far. People estimate that there are about 300 million ounces left to be produced here, probably more. I mean, it's like the, as you go deeper in the Abitibi, it just gets higher grade and better. And, and for my lifetime, I probably don't need to go anywhere else. That being said, you know, I am still very friendly with my old boss. Um, there are all sorts of things that come up here and there on all, and everywhere. And I'll be opportunistic if it's super creative and it's in, a, in an area that's safe and and we don't think uh, there's going to be super political risk. Then, of course, we'll take a very serious look at it uh, because good good opportunities are everywhere. You know, what, what kind of transaction structures are you contemplating? Um, and what I'm getting at here, you know, investors are looking at sort of merger of equals. The, the premium deal they're not very happy with. Uh, well, I suppose yeah. it depends on which side of the deal you're on. But in general speaking, they're looking more for consolidation, merger of equals, zero premium deals that create value that way rather than, you know, cutting a check to somebody. Uh, what, what's your philosophy there? Yeah, well, uh, you know, now raising capital is expensive. So cash is a premium. So you probably better preserve as much of that as you can. As a, a very simple but correct statement. Since all the companies have come down, relatively speaking, anything you do on an equity basis, uh, equity or a, a, a stock basis, is going to be, um, it's going to be the same as it was when we were trading at 150 million dollars. Difference being, the companies that we're talking to have come down by 80 percent. We've come down by 50 percent, and they're out of cash, but they have ounces. And they have no court forward plan. So if I issue equity to buy them, it's still a good deal and it's accretive for us. Once we come out of this uh, time we're in and, and, and crappy markets. So that's kind of where I would be leaning. Um, something along those lines. It's not going to uh, uh, destroy my treasury because that'd be dumb, really dumb. And I would fire myself for that if I did something that's stupid. And uh, and but also I'm not going to pay a premium for something that doesn't deserve a premium. Everyone's come down, so sh people shouldn't look at the fact that I'm issuing equity 
at this time if if the other companies come down by as much or more and i'm getting ounces for a, a very small price so we look for more advanced projects that have already have some infrastructure sometimes some ounces um, and try to be very sensible with the approach that gives us the best opportunities for success across the board so it's you know i can't get i mean unfortunately i can't get super specific with the number of the deals we're working on because it's not public but that's kind of a an inkling as to what, how i'm thinking about stuff i'll just do a quick slip of the tongue and it'll be public in no time at all <laughs> yeah, right. i mean we, we've we, we've known each other for quite some time paul and i've always enjoyed talking uh, talking with you um and so you you know that i'm a deal guy uh, for, by historically i mean i did all the deals with robert and the Japanese and brought in, you know, half a billion dollars for the Platte Reef project, got that restarted. Dave Broughton and his genius put the drill bit to work and I helped fund it with their Japanese consortium and ran as the chair uh, Platte Reef uh, and the whole, uh, whole whole company, et cetera, et cetera. And it's all because of, you know, you kind of, you know enough about me just based on the fact that we've known each other for a long time about how I look at things and the, the approach I take to doing deals. It's never something that's going to take too much risk and put my shareholders at too much, uh, too much of a, a precarious situation. Um, and and I know that if I wait too long, I'll miss the miss the worst miss the window. I think we got a six to twelve month minimum window to actually get a lot of interesting things done here. Um, I'm not going to jump at the first thing just because it's got to be something that will make you impressed and have you call me up and say, "All right, I get it. That was a good job." Good stuff. Okay, you kind of bring me nicely to my, my final question. And um, my final question is, you know, catalyst for the next six to 12 months. It sounds mm -hmm. like there, there could be a transaction in there. But uh, aside from that, what else? I hope at least one. I expect at least one or two. Something that shakes things up nicely for everyone around us. Um, we have we just put out the airborne mag results that show you all the crazy targets we have there. I mean, if you haven't seen that, take a close look at that ball, really. I mean, it's, I, I can't do it justice by describing it uh, and giving you an audio on this, but if you look at the structures that we've identified and extensions at Jutel uh, and NDUA both, it kind of jumps off the page at you. you know, just just take you know a minute and a half after we get off the line and, and, and take a quick look at that. Um, that's gonna create a number of uh, targeting and drilling opportunities for us going forward. We have 15,000 meters of drilling assays that we're gonna get be releasing to the market. We're doing 30,000 meters this year by the end of the year. So we have another half of the drilling yet yet to go. We're in into the deep stuff now, uh, testing those deeper structures as we speak, Paul. So all that news flow is gonna come out in the market between now and uh, the end of the year. Hopefully when we're sitting um, in, uh, in Medellin having a, a glass of wine or something like that, I'll have, uh, we'll be able to talk about all these things and, uh, enjoy, and enjoy the chat. Well, I really look forward to that, Matthew. Maple Gold trades on the TSXV under MGM and on the OTCQB under MGMLF. Matthew Horner, President and CEO, thank you very much for joining us this afternoon. All the best, Paul. Thank you so much. And that's all from me, Paul Harris. Join us for more from Mining Stock Daily soon.